0: Log Talk Radio. All right, fans. Here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. boxing fans to the two minute round your hooks and jabs look at female boxing this is episode number 113 my name is Felipe Leon all the way from Southern California and with us as well in Northern California is none other than Mrs. Lupi Gutierrez Lupi, how you doing tonight hey
1: I'm doing good hey guys hey David
0: hi Lupi. and as just mentioned, in the Inland Empire, just east of Los Angeles County, is Mr. David Avila. David, how you doing?
2: Uh, very, very good, Felipe. How are you?
0: Good, good. Thank you. Well, we have a, a great guest, a first-timer. Uh, we repeated guests throughout the years here on the show, but now we have a very special guest. First time on the show, and there's none other then three-divisional world champion Yvette La Roca Zamora, all the way from the state of Mexico. She should be calling in in a little bit. To talk to us, obviously, about her legendary career. And if you have followed female boxing and you follow, you know who uh, Miss Yvette La Roca Zamora is. And she's just coming off a controversial loss to Marlene Esparza, where she lost her WBC 112-pound title. But we'll be talking to her about that and her career. But before we get to that call, let's go back a little bit to the fight results, which were uh, some of them. Uh, There was some fights in the last couple of weeks, actually the last three weeks since we had our last show, starting off on Saturday, June 19th in Germany, Fanari Netizri, who is... uh, a native of Thailand from Bangkok, but she's fighting out of Germany. She is undefeated and captured the vacant WBC youth title with a majority decision over Cheyenne Hansen in an eight-rounder. Scores there were 77-75 two times and an even 76-76. And the same night in Miami, Florida, Melissa Odessa Parker scored a unanimous decision over late sub Calista Silgado to capture the vacant IBO Bantamweight title. Scores there were 190. 189 and 99-91. And in Las Vegas, Nevada, top rank on ESPN gave us Mikaela Mayer defending her world title, uh, WBO 130-pound title for the first time against the tough and rugged and very experienced Erika Farias in a 10-rounder. Scores there were 98-92 two times and 97-93. I was actually quite surprised with Erika Farias. The last time that we actually saw Erika Farias was in that rematch with Jessica McCaskill at 140 pounds, where she lost her title, and now that she was trying to regain it back from McCaskill. And she left a lot to be desired in that fight where she was holding a lot, throwing a lot of punches, and not really being the Erika Farias that we saw in the first fight with Jessica McCaskill. And in this one against Micaela LeMayer, we did see that Erika Farias at 10 pounds lighter, which wasn't the first time she had made that weight, but she it had been quite some time that she had made uh, the super featherweight uh, limit. And we did see her throw more punches. And I think, in my opinion, and I don't know if you agree with this, David, we'll start off with you, I think she gave Michaela Mayer more of a fight than Edwa Bronica did, who was the world champ that Michaela Mayer beat to capture that WBO title. What do you think?
2: No, absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, I thought she did uh, uh, way better than I expected. She did do better than Rodnica. And uh, maybe we have to give extra credit to Je- Jessica McCaskill for what she was able to do two times against Fayez. Uh, maybe McCaskill is just that much better. Uh, we, we found out because she, she did give Michaela a pretty good struggler.
0: What did you think about the fight, Lupi?
1: You know, what I think I went into USTN in, in Northern California. They had the um, College uh, World Series, and I was able to watch. They changed over to 10th round over here. For, so, Michaela, and when I looked, I was like, oh, she made 10 rounds. Like, Erica made it. And from what I saw in that last round, yeah, I mean, she had all the energy. She was better in the 10th round than she was in any of the rounds with uh, McCaskill. So I was actually really happy. She had all all that energy in the 10th
0: round. That's all I got. Yeah, I was pretty surprised with Farias and the way that she was actually able to land some overhand right hands over the taller Micaela Mayer. And although obviously Mayer dominated the the fight, I think it was a little bit closer than the 98-92. I would even go as far as saying 96-94. Which was a tad a bit more generous for Farias than that last 97-93, that official judge had it. But it's actually a good showing for Farias. Let's see where she goes from here. And actually, we have more information about where May- Mayer is going um, in the future. And we'll talk about that in the fight chatter. Also, the same night in El Paso, Texas, well, actually it was in the afternoon on The Zone, Marlene Esparza captured her full first full-fledged world title with the unanimous decision over Yvette La Roca Zamora, who is going to be our guest a little bit later on, that fight was for the WBC 112. It was a very close fight, nowhere near the 97-92 that one judge mm-hmm. gave it, and then the two other judges gave it 96-94, and actually a very close 95-94. bet La Roca Zamora actually, uh, was it Zamora that touched the canvas, or was it Esparza? It was Zamora, right? No, it was Esparza. No, no it was first round. First round. Yeah, it was Esparta. So, mm-hmm. you know, Esparta is a, a friend of the show, and she's been here on the show uh, with us. And obviously, she's um, she's entitled to her opinion. But in the post-fight press, in the post-fight interview with the people from the zone, when she was actually being booed by the crowd in, in Texas because um, they weren't, uh, you know, they didn't agree with the decision of giving her the title, you know, she kind of made it seem like. She had dominated the fight, and I didn't see her dominate the fight, and two of the judges didn't see her dominate the fight with close scores of 96-94, and even the other judge scoring in 95-94. David, did you think it was that close, or did you have it uh, Marlene Espasa decidedly winning that fight?
2: Well, for me, uh, each round was very close, but I still gave mm-hmm. up um, Marlene 97-92 Honestly. What was it about? What was it about Marlon that you think that took those those uh, those rounds? It, it, the punches she landed were very clear, whereas uh, uh, Ibesta Samoto was landing a lot of blows, but they weren't real uh, emphatic punches like Marlon's punches, and I think that was the difference because they were just real crisp. When Marlon would land, and when when Samara would land, she would land like two three, but they were kind of like. Uh, pity-pat kind of punches, and uh, they weren't real emphatic. And I could see where she could lose a round because of that. Not that she was out-punched. It was just the way the punches she was delivering were different from Marlon's punch. Uh, it's one of those fights that they could easily do it again in uh, just a change of tactics, and some others part would make it a, a whole different fight, and the same with Marlon's.
0: Now, one thing that we did see in the fight uh, again, Lupi, and we actually saw it in Marlena Esparza's fight against Iniesta Estrada, was the fact that during the middle round, she seemed to get a little bit tired, and that kind of gave Zamora the opening to start throwing more punches and land more punches. Did you see that in the fight where Esparza started kind of getting tired in the middle round?
1: Yeah, I saw that a little bit. I I really did. I saw that it, it wasn't the same... Marlen, it, it was a she, it was an improved Marlene. I was really happy with um, her performance. It wasn't the same uh, Marlene that was in the ring with Senisa. Um, but I and I saw a really close fight. I really did, and I could see where David's um, going with with the type of punches and how they landed. But for me, and I love toe to toe. I thought it was a really exciting fight. It was a great fight. But for me, with that knockdown in the first round and even if even if Marlene took all of those in the middle with that first and the last round for, for Zamora, I mean, I don't think she did enough to take the champion's title. I'm always like that, though. I always think you have to really – you got knocked down by the champion. So, to me, I don't think she should have taken the title. Um, and now I'm wondering, will she get that rematch, do you think? Maybe um, we lost her.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a it's a it's something that we need to see from um and see what kind of uh, what what are they doing as far as their side. I mean, I don't I don't think that Marlene and Golden Boy would want to go back to that. Um, you know, the only one that I think can kind of force the issue, and we don't know if they are gonna do it or not, because we are actually talked about the lack of forcefulness from the WBC as far as mandating um uh, you know, mandatory challenges in other weight divisions in the female boxing world. And I don't know if they're gonna you know, ask uh Marlene to defend immediately against uh La Roca Zamora. I'm sure La Roca Zamora is pushing for that and that is one of the questions that we could present to her once we have her on here. And she does have a very extensive and long relationship with the WBC. So maybe they will grant her that we don't know and that's something that we could ask her that and see if she's pushing for that which i believe she is um david do you see marlene sparsa's style kind of evolving into a, a pro style because i'm kind of still seeing a little bit of the amateur style still in her style uh
2: you know it's funny that you say that because i, I kind of see where she's going back and forth she's kind of First, for a while, she was going very toward the probe style. And she did that with Sunita, And then she backed off when she fought Sulem. And, and now she kind of went a little more aggressive, I guess you bet, but at moments. She kind of picked her shots. And she's very mm-hmm.
0: shrewd about it. Very, very shrewd. Mm. She's smart. She's very smart. Yeah. Now, moving on. Friday, June 25th, in Denmark, Dina Torsland scored a unanimous decision over Mexican Jasmine Noriega to defend her 118-pound WBO title. Scores there were 98-93 times. And on Saturday, June 26th, in Chihuahua, Mexico, Jamiles Mercado scored a unanimous decision over Angelica Rascón in a 10-rounder at 122 pounds, defending her WBC title. Scores there were 98-90, 97-91, and 96-92. And quite honestly, I just finished watching this fight, and that... Was uh, atrocious for them to even score the fight ninety eight ninety for Yamiles Mercado. I mean, it was. I I don't see what the judge was seeing ninety seven ninety one for the second one. Even the third one at ninety seven ninety six ninety two, um, is is way off the line. I mean, they did take away a point for Rascón. They took away a point for Mercado. The TV uh, commentators had Mercado winning. Jackie Nava, who was a uh, uh, an invited uh, commentator had uh, Rascón winning. They All of them had Rascón winning. And really, I just don't see how Mercado can hold that title for much longer because every time I've seen her, even when she won the title, in my opinion, she didn't deserve it. David, did you get a chance to catch this fight?
2: No, I'm sorry. I didn't get a, uh, uh
0: opportunity. Lupe, did you watch it?
1: I watched a little bit of it that you sent. um Angelica's a brawler, man. She is tough. I don't know how she – I mean, she's favored, and it just seems like the scorecard's being so wide, or it's just like a trend right now, and a lot of fights. It's kind of frustrating.
0: Honestly, I mean, I, I, I if you know the politics of boxing and you know who's behind me, Yamiles Mercado and who her promoter is and who her manager is and who the TV <laughs> network has. I mean, I hate to say it, but they're protecting her, you know. They're protecting her, and they would have to knock her out for her to lose that title because it's just the politics. Even the even the referee was trying to do all she could to protect her, and the referee it was a female referee, and I think that is kind of a disservice to female boxing. I mean, we want to see female referees out there and get their opportunity, but they're not experienced enough, even though they're female referees. And if they're not experienced enough for a world title fight, they shouldn't get the call to judge, I mean, to be a referee at a world title fight because she really wasn't really controlling the fight. Um, it, it was just a horrible performance by the referee and even more horrible performance by Mercado. And I obviously think that Rascón deserved that win. But, uh, you know, Mercado took, I mean, I mean, they don't even try to hide it with those scores. And lastly – and if you get a chance to watch the fight, it's on YouTube. You could just search for it with Yamile Mercado uh, versus Angelina, Angelica uh, Rascón, and you can see that for yourself. And lastly, in the results, on Tuesday, June 29th in Tokyo, Japan, uh, former champion Mio Yoshida takes back her belt with the split decision over the female that defeated her, Tomoko Okuda, in a 10-rounder. Uh, for the 118 WBO title scores, there were 96-94 two times in 96-94. David, did you get anything from our Japanese uh, correspondent as far as how the fight turned out? Turned out, and is Yoshida did deserve the split decision?
2: Um, I don't. I I haven't heard anything about that fight. I, all I heard from was from Mio herself. She did contact me and tell me that she had won the title, and that she made some adjustments in the fight. Uh, started out quicker and changed her uh, actually her strategy. She said she changed her strategy. She wouldn't say exactly what it was. She was very protective of that. Oh, but wow. She was very. She, she she was very very glad that she was able to show that she could defeat her or win her title back.
0: Now on the all female boxing website, the Prizefighters where obviously, um, in hopes of transparency, David and I write for. Um, are we gonna get a report from our our, our correspondent about the fight? Do you know?
2: Hope hopefully so, but she's also involved with the fights that are gonna be going on with Golemboy, which is next week with Naoko Fujioka and Sulem Urbina and Tanisa Estrada and Tsunami Tenkai. So uh, okay. if she can get away from that, she's kind of busy right now.
0: Okay, no problem. Well, we we got through our fight results and. Oh, we just had her. She should be calling back because um, we just had, um, I think we just had Yvette La Roca Zamora on the line right now. But let me see if we could try to get her back on here because it looked like she was on here. Um, let me see if I could get her back. Oh, there she is. Let me patch her in one
3: second. Bueno, Yvette?
0: Sí, bueno. Sí, bueno. bueno es ¿Yvette bueno.
3: Zamora? Sí, Yvette Zamora. ¿Me escuchas? Sí, 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 escucho bien.
0: Ah, perfecto. Muchas gracias por llamar. Es un honor para nosotros tenerte aquí en el programa. Eh, Te hemos querido contactar por mucho tiempo y te damos las mil, mil y muy, muchas gracias de estar aquí con nosotros.
3: No, muchísimas gracias por la invitación. Y bueno, estoy aquí, aquí a la hora. Un gusto por estar con ustedes.
0: Mira, eh, el programa es en inglés, eh, Ibe, lo que voy a hacer es de que yo te voy a traducir, eh, le voy a pasar la batuta a, a mi coanfitrión David Ávila, él va a hacer la pregunta en inglés, yo te la traduzco, tu la respondes y luego yo traduzco tu respuesta, okay. Sí, 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 sí. Okay. Alright folks, well here we have it. We have the three divisional Mexican World Champion, Miss Ibe La Roca Zamora, she's here with us now. I'm going to be translating for her, so I already explained that to her. So, David, go ahead and make your question. I will translate it to Spanish, and then I will translate her her response. Go ahead, David.
2: Well, first of all, I wanted to say, Pete, what you said, that it's a great honor to have her, uh, a future Hall of Famer for sure, on this, on this show. And
0: I just wanted to tell her that first. David Avila, que es un reconocido escritor del boxeo femenil en los Estados Unidos, Para empezar, te quiero dar las gracias por estar aquí con nosotros, es un honor un honor para nosotros tenerte aquí, a una futura Salón de la Fama, y por su parte, quiero darte las gracias de estar aquí con nosotros.
3: No, muchísimas gracias, y para mí un honor, el poder que, que se haya, hayamos hecho contacto, y de verdad, muchísimas gracias por y por las palabras que me dicen, ¿no? eh, uno va boxeando y no se imagina, pero muchísimas gracias.
0: She says, David, that she thanks you very much for those words and that it's an honor for her to be here with us uh, and for us to uh, make the contact with her and to to have her on the show.
2: You know, first off, my big question is, how did she get involved in boxing?
0: La primera pregunta, Ibe, es, ¿cómo eh, te introduciste tú al boxeo? ¿Cómo empezaste en en el boxeo? Mm, Yo comienzo a los
3: 15 años, ¿por Porque, mira, hasta no sé por qué me gusta el boxeo, mi sueño era ser futbolista profesional, eh, pero ya a los 15 años conozco, empiezo a escuchar mucho de box, mis papás eran fanáticos del boxeo, iban a todas las... Um... yo soy originaria de San Cristóbal, y mis papás uh-huh. ella solo las peleas estaban por pago por el evento, entonces yo recuerdo que ellos iban en las noches eh, a Toluca, porque o sea, yo, yo iba en una, en una comunidad rural,
0: she says that she as a young person she wanted to be a professional football player but then like at 15 years old um she started hearing about boxing she is from a rural part of the state of mexico and her dad her parents and her and her uncles would go to the fights in toluca and and because they were big boxing fans so her parents kind of, her dad, introduced her to the sport, and that's how she started getting interested in, in boxing.
2: Who were her favorite fighters when she was uh, first coming up?
0: Cuando empezaste a, a a seguir el boxeo a esa temprana edad, Iber, ¿quién eran tus peleadores favoritos?
3: Mira, yo, yo escuchaba mucho de... Um... De dos de Chávez, aquí estoy cerca del centro que también, entonces venían todos los campeones, venía el Travieso Arce, eh, José Luis Castillo, Terrible Morales, eh, Coloradito Solís, varios campeones, entonces yo los veía correr. Eh, ahí en, en cuestión de boxeo masculino, de mujeres seguí por mucho tiempo, Ana María Torres, Laura Serrano, que fue la primera en el box aquí en México, eh, Jackie Nava, Mariana Juárez, que eran las que... Pues prácticamente fueron las pioneras aquí en el boxeo, en el boxeo femenil aquí en México.
0: But where she lives, she actually lives very close to the uh, Otomi uh, ceremonial training facility. And she says that she would see them run. She would see uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, Jorge Travieso Arce, Eric Morales, Jorge El Corarito Solis. She would see them run uh, near her home while they were training. And then as far as female boxing, you know, she has been a big fan of Ana Maria Torres, Jackie Nava, Laura Serrano, who we all know was the first real big female Mexican fighter and uh, and and uh Mariana La y Juárez. En
2: she mentioned uh, she, she lives near Otomí. Is that a big mountain where 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 most of the fighters uh, train?
0: Menciona David que habías mencionado que es el Otomí, ahí es donde entrenan todos los boxeadores en México. ¿Qué tan cerca estás de del centro ceremonial?
3: Mm, el pueblo donde yo estoy está 40 minutos, pero prácticamente eh She says that it,
0: that it is there where they all train in the big mountain. She's her town where she's from. Uh, she's about 40 minutes away, which is nothing. You know, she, she, she actually trains there as well.
2: Wow. That's incredible. Um, my first question is she's fought all over the world. She's fought in Japan. She's, she's fought in the Philippines. Uh, she's fought in Uruguay, uh, what was it like for her to fight for the first time in the United States?
0: Pregunta David y que has peleado en todo, en todo el mundo. Has peleado en Japón, has peleado en las Filipinas, has peleado en Uruguay, obviamente en México. Pero cómo se sintió pelear en los Estados Unidos por primera vez?
3: Pues la verdad es que era como todo buscado. En mi caso, pues obviamente lleno de De, de pelear en Estados Unidos porque es un referente eh del boxeo a nivel mundial entonces para mí pues era un reto grande porque es un escenario completamente diferente.
0: She said that it was a dream come true, you know, because United States it's it's you know the, the big stage for boxing all over the world and you know it was a a different and big stage bigger stage than she had ever experienced before
3: y que bueno también quiero agregar que agradezco a toda la gente porque ha sido de las exper- de, la, de la mejor experiencia de mi carrera física el sentir el apoyo de toda la gente En el día que, que que fui a Texas al finalizar la pelea la verdad es que muy agradecida con toda la gente que estuvo en la arena y a todos los que estuvieron a través de las redes sociales porque el apoyo el apoyo se fue, fue, fue muy muy grande algo que pues la verdad no me lo imaginaba
0: Sí, take this opportunity to thank everybody that supported her in that fight from the social media to the people in Texas that it was, you know, one of the the most, the, the, one of the best experiences that she's had in her boxing career. And she didn't expect, but she was very thankful for all the support that she received from everybody in Texas, from the people that were in the arena, everybody that she met was very supportive. She wants to thank all of them uh, and take this opportunity to do that.
2: Oh okay, well
0: tell her, thank you I'm gonna pass her on to Lupe.: Ahora David le vamos a pasar la batuta a la otra que se llama Lupe Gutiérrez, coger
3: Congratulations
1: on a great showing on your US debut and congratulations on such a beautiful career, you fought everybody, so who are your top three fights and why?
0: Okay, dice te felicita por eh, la actuación que diste en tu última pelea y te felicita por eh, la carrera legendaria que tienes hasta este punto y te pregunta de de toda tu carrera cuáles han sido tus tres peleas favoritas
3: mis tres peleas favoritas eh, bueno muchísimas gracias porque la pelea del de, de sábado pasado creo que en primer lugar tengo que poner la pelea del sábado pasado por a pesar del resultado que el resultado no sé, favorable para con nosotros. Eh, pero ha sido de las peleas que he disfrutado más por todo el apoyo, eh, porque la gente vio realmente quien ganó esa esa, esa noche, esa tarde, eh, esta contra Marlene. Eh, cuando peleé con Noganai también fue una de, de las peleas, pues también una noche muy muy importante para mi, muy bonita porque peleé aquí en, aquí en Toluca y, y ganamos esa pelea. Y creo que well she says that you know all the all
0: the fights that she won her world titles were important to her but she has to name three of them will be the last fight against marlene esparza that despite you know the the result wasn't favorable for her you know she Failed the support of all the people, and she feels that every, all the all the fans realized and saw who really won that fight. Another fight is when she fought Eva Knight, which was near her home in uh, in Toluca, so that was a very important fight for her, where she also won. And then her pro debut, which was in uh, in Mexico City at the at the fame mexico city coliseum which is a, a real famous uh, venue in mexico city and that's where she debuted so if she has to name three fights those will be the three
1: that's great and looking back um, so far in your career what's your greatest achievement and your biggest disappointment y
0: viendo tu carrera este, y ve cuál sería tu logro más grande y a la vez tu decepción más grande de tu carrera
3: pienso que el logro más grande hasta, hasta ahorita fue la eh, la victoria sobre Abanay porque era bueno, una pelea muy muy fuerte en donde nadie daba crédito a que pudiera yo ganar esa pelea eh, y la decepción pude hacer eh, qué te puedo decir mm, pues es que a pesar de las derrotas que he tenido la verdad es que me voy con un aprendizaje enorme, pero yo creo que sin esas derrotas no hubiera tenido grandes cosas para poder llegar a donde, a donde estamos, pero luego la gran decepción es que en mis inicios de mi carrera los promotores siempre me decían no no quiero trabajar con mujeres. Creo que, que fue lo más fuerte que, que me tuve yo que enfrentar y sabía que tenía que hacer un gran trabajo para que los promotores tuvieran algún espacio en el camino. Y eso eso tiene que, más de diez años, más de doce años más o menos, que no era bien aceptado el de medio.
0: She said that her biggest accomplishment was her win over Evan Knight because it was a very tough fight and that not a lot of people thought that she could beat Evan Knight. If we remember, Evan Knight was a a, a name in Mexico. She was beating all the Mexican fighters. And even though she would want to say that her biggest disappointments are her losses, she doesn't do that because she says that you still learn from those losses. So her biggest disappointment was at the beginning of of her career when they would really have to fight to get on cards because a lot of promoters didn't want to uh, have female boxing. So the the struggle that they had to go through to get on the cards was, you know, 10, 12 years ago. That's like the biggest disappointment that she's had in her career.
1: Okay. Um, she has said um, despite the hard training, the emotion and the nerves of the first amateur fight you never forget. So what does she remember of her first amateur fight?
0: Pregunta Lupe que habías dicho que A pesar de todo el entrenamiento que has hecho, que nunca se te olvidan eh, los nervios que sentiste en tu primera pelea como amateur, ¿qué es lo que recuerdas aparte de esos nervios de tu primera pelea como amateur y de hecho pues tu primera pelea eh, en tu carrera?
3: Mm, Pues están los nervios, la adrenalina, incluso el miedo, pero creo yo que... Lo que tampoco se me olvida es que hasta estaba temblando. <laughs> Literalmente, mis manos no dejaban temblar. Y ya cuando ya estaba yo cambiada y todo, subo al ring Y en el momento que subo al ring, este controlé los nervios y se me fue todo el nervio. Y ya solamente salí y dije, pues vamos a darle a, a pelea.
0: <laughs> she said that, you know, besides the nerves, the adrenaline, and, and actually the fear that she was actually... Um, shaking before the fight her hands were shaking and she couldn't stop shaking but when she got into the ring you know all that went away and she just had to fight and that's what she remembers most about uh, her first amateur fight
1: oh that's great thank you you know you only had two losses in 36 amateur fights and she was a 2005 and 2006 university champion state champion and a state golden gloves champion and then she has this incredible pro career if she could
0: ¿Tuviste solo dos derrotas y 36 triunfos como amateur, ganaste eh, torneos universitarios y de los este, guantes de oro como aficionada y obviamente no se, no, no le pides nada a tu, a tu carrera profesional, pero si tuvieran la oportunidad, ¿regresarías a los amateurs y buscar un lugar como en las olimpiadas?
3: mira es algo que, que yo pensé que, que lo tuve contemplado porque yo no viví obviamente todo el todo el ciclo olímpico no me tocó vivir porque no estaba el boxeo femenil aquí en, en la ciudad de Lisboa eh, no estaba incorporado el boxeo femenino a la liga nacional y obviamente no, no participé en ningún tipo de torneo de ellos pero pienso que creo siempre en un orden, ¿no? y creo que el orden de todas las cosas en el boxeo es primero amateur y luego profesional eh se obviamente hubo una oferta ahí de que se podían participar en el boxeo profesional, boxeo el boxeo amateur, pero me inclino a, a que no, todo lo que yo en orden, sí estaba a, a, a un paso de hacerlo porque estaba yo cambiando mi modo de, de, de entrenamiento, pero ahorita me, me inclino no simplemente porque respeto todo el orden, el orden que hay. O sé sea, que es un entrenamiento completamente diferente y lo, lo, lo que estaba yo haciendo, pero She
0: said that she thought about it because when she was boxing as an amateur, there was those opportunities to, you know, in Mexico, there's there's a national tournament, kind of like here, but it's different. And female boxing wasn't part of those national tournaments back then, so you wouldn't even get the opportunity to try to go to the Olympics but she does believe that there's an order of things and the order of things is that you're first an amateur and a professional and she did think about it you know when there was an offering from the the national olympic uh, committee in mexico to allow professionals to go but at the end she she realized that the order of things are the order of things and that you first are an amateur and and then a professional and now that she's a professional she's going to continue to be a professional so she wouldn't go back to to try for an Olympic bird. Thank you.
1: So how is she still involved with the amateurs, And how is she giving to the next generation?
0: Sigues de una forma involucrada con con, con el sistema amateur? ¿Y si, y si sí o no, cómo eh, si le estás ayudando a las nuevas generaciones de boxeadoras femeniles en tu región o en México.
3: Sí, de hecho, lo que estoy haciendo en conjunto con mi esposo, eh, no solo en el boxeo femenino, sino que estamos tratando de involucrarnos en hacer, en la logística para organizar eventos deportivos. Aquí estoy en Toluca, en el Estado de México. Hacemos menciones eh, a Mateo para que ellos estén jugando. Eh, vienen compañeras ya, no sé, del comité. Yo, de hecho, estuve ya preparándome para esta pelea con... Eh, Jenny Carrillo que ella estaba, ella fue campeona, medallista en, la, en los juegos juveniles, en los, en los juegos olímpicos juveniles. Entonces yo estuve trabajando con ella también al inicio, a inicios del año, en donde vamos compartiendo experiencias eh, en el sparring y todo. Digo, ya aprendo de ella y tratamos de, de ayudarnos entre nosotros. Pero en cuestión de organización y poder compartir en, en el sparring también lo, lo hago.
0: She said that together with her husband. They are organizing some events in their home state there, and she was working with uh, a female fighter who actually won a gold medal in the ju- in the youth uh, amateurs, and sh- they worked together at sparring. She has sparred other amateurs and things. So together with her husband, they are organizing some events in their home state to uh, to promote uh, female amateur boxing and amateurs as well.
1: Oh, would they just be uh, for locals on the show?
0: Serían más están participando locales o también están entrando a esos tipos de eventos que están organizando eh, foráneos de afuera.
3: Eh, ahorita no solamente de México de, de los estados que son cercanos dependiendo a a los patrocinadores que estamos buscando y en, en cuestión de apoyo económico para hacer un evento un evento bueno y si se puede que vengan más estados aquí de del de mismo México lo hacemos.
0: She says that right now they're only doing it nearby with Mexican states in nearby Mexico, but they are looking for support from sponsors and things to try to make bigger events so that more people can also participate.
1: Oh, okay. That sounds exciting. Um, What does it mean to be part of the WBC, the World Boxing Council family?
0: ¿Qué significa para ti, Ives, ser parte de la familia del Consejo Mundial de Boxeo, es que tienes una relación con ellos muy larga desde que empezaste a ganar títulos mundiales? ¿Qué significa para ti ser parte de esta familia?
3: Pues sí, un gran, un gran significado, porque como, como o sea, ahora yo comienzo mi carrera, mi primer título fue por parte de la Asociación Mundial de Boxeo, que fui campeona en peso pasa. Eh, Todo, eh obviamente el, el la ANB la pues fue el primer organismo que existió dentro del dentro del boxeo pero eh, mi objetivo era ganar el, el título del Consejo mundial de boxeo cuando se, se logró el primer título que fue el título juvenil y después el campeonato eh campeonato mundial en peso y moscas pues tiene un significado grande porque si no no para mi pues estar representándolo no porque era el objetivo Desde el inicio de mi carrera y ahorita
0: pues trato de, de con todo she said it's very significant, you know, for her, because even though she, her first title was a, uh, um, you know, a, a, the world title at 105 pounds of the WBA, you know, her goal was all, always to win uh, the WBC title, which was her first title that she won for them, which was the youth title, I think, at 108 pounds. So it has been very significant for her to be part of the WBC family
1: thank you Felipe I was going to ask her um, to tell us a little bit of the history behind her indigenous roots unless you were going to touch on that I, I,
0: could, I, could, I could touch on it and then
1: thank you thank you so much it's such an honor to have her on the show it really is
0: Te da las gracias, Lupe, y un honor de tener aquí el programa. eh, y Ahora voy a terminar con unas preguntas yo, y ya te damos las gracias por estar aquí con nosotros. Voy a hacer la pregunta en inglés y luego te la traduzco eh, en español. Eh, The first question is actually the one that Lupe mentioned, and i want to ask her about, um, you know, her indigenous roots and how important it is. And we know that it's important for her to, you know, let everybody know about her her tribe and her indigenous roots so let me ask her about that y ve obviamente nos hemos dado cuenta en tu carrera que es muy importante para ti tu tu tus raíces indígenas no ¿Por qué no nos hablas un poquito de tu de, de tu gente de indígena y y por qué ha sido tan gran parte de tu carrera eh, ese aspecto de tu vida
3: sí yo soy de, de origen Otomi que pertenece a una, a una etnia indígena. Es importante, ¿por qué? Porque me recuerda, quién sí, soy, el sentir ese patriotismo por tu por, por tierra, el crecer como mujer indígena es complicado. Eh, más siendo mujer, más decidiendo, en mi caso, boxear, hacer un deporte de contacto complicado en un principio. Y estoy hablando de hace más de 10 años, en donde no era eh, bien aceptado, de pronto la gente como que... ...se burlaba o iba a verme al gimnasio solamente por morbo... ...hay una muchacha que está entrenando... ...cuando me tocó perder mis primeras peleas... ...pues la gente obviamente... ...quien no le gustaba lo que hacía... ...se burlaba y decía... ...miren, está perdiendo el tiempo... ...y, y eso a mí me hizo... ...tomarlo con mayor fuerza... ...porque era... ...soy mujer, pero lo puedo, lo puedo lograr... ...caí, pude perder, pero me puedo levantar... ...y el mencionar... Eh, ...siempre menciono mis raíces porque es complicado... Eh, aquí en México eres de pueblo y si incluso si vas a la ciudad de Toluca que está muy cerca de, de aquí, de San Cristóbal yo recuerdo que cuando iba a la, a la escuela, la gente los mismos compañeros, algunos compañeros se burlaban de mí, la gente se burlaba por eh, la gente de ciudad se burlaba el cómo vestíamos el cómo hablábamos y, y eso a mí me dio la fuerza para representar a, a mi etnia pero el mostrar que somos personas y merecemos respeto y tenemos derecho a soñar y tenemos derecho a cumplir nuestros sueños, prácticamente eh por eso siempre pongo, pongo en alto eh mis raíces y no quiero, y quiero que se siga, no quiero que se, que se pierda, porque ahorita ya mi misma lengua paterna también ya she se está perdiendo poco a poco it's
0: very important for her to show her ethnic you know her heritage she's from a from a tribe called the Otomi and that's the language that she speaks you know when she started boxing it was strange for them to see her because not only was she indigenous but also uh, a female trying to box and when she lost her first uh fight you know they told her you know you're wasting your time and 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 you shouldn't be boxing and you know it's important for her because she needs to prove and show that they can do uh, you know what anybody else can do in that just because she's a woman or that she's indigenous that she could try and 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 you know, realize her dreams, and that they deserve respect, and that she also wants to show that they exist, so that the old, the younger generations of her tribe or her indigenous people, you know, don't forget. There, she says that now the younger generations are kind uh, okay. embarrassed, embarrassed of embarrassed of, of, of being indigenous and speaking their language, and she wants to show them that they don't have to be embarrassed and not to forget where they come from and who they are, and not to forget their language because then it could it could disappear. Y ver, ha que hablar un poco de la mm-hmm. pelea de con, con Marlene. Este, obviamente, mucha gente te vio ganar, tu te viste ganar, mencionas el apoyo que recibiste Este qué es lo que, que, que te sorprendió o de que no estabas lista en el estilo de Marlene, déjame hacer la pregunta en inglés para, para que la gente mm-hmm. lo pueda escuchar. I asked her about the Marlene fight and you know obviously a lot of people saw her win, she thinks she won the fight, it was you know, it was a close fight. ¿Qué fue lo que te quizás sorprendió del estilo de Marlene en esa pelea?
3: Mm, pues lo único es que pues iba al frente y me tiraba todo su cuerpo y me metía mucho, estaba mucho con la cabeza. Eh, la verdad es que sabíamos que era rápida, creí que pegaba un poco más fuerte. Eh, La verdad es que, eh, con todo el respeto, lo digo más bien no no eh, no pega fuerte, solamente como que puntea, eh, no sienta bien el golpe y creo que lo más era que, que mete mucho la cabeza y, y, y metía todo todo el cuerpo. Pero además estábamos preparados para lo que ella traía.
0: She said that, you know, what was surprising about the fight was that Marlene would go in with all her body and she would go in with her head and she 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 was going in with her head a lot. You know, she knew that Marlene was fast. She knew that she was a a, a, a good fighter. She thought that, you know, Marlene was going to hit harder. She, she, with all respect, due to Marlene, she just doesn't think that Marlene hits hard and that she kind of just like... Uh, scores the punches, she doesn't really put her body behind it, she doesn't really hit that hard. But she wasn't really surprised with much, nothing much but the headbutts because she knew uh who she was facing. Now uh my last question for her is gonna be, you know, the one that we touched upon before she called which was about the WBC and what is she's looking forward to doing in the future as far as that. Eh, Yves sabemos que tienes una relación larga con con, con el Consejo Mundial de Boxeo y, y Y que esta pelea fue una pelea cerrada donde las apuntaciones estuvieron muy cerradas. De hecho, un juez solo la vio ganar por un punto, otro por dos puntos. ¿Has tocado el tema con el Consejo Mundial de Boxeo y quizás pedirle la revancha directa? Porque tú crees que te la mereces y mucha gente también lo cree.
3: Sí, mira, que, que, bueno que tocas que tocas el, el tema. Nosotros estamos trabajando directamente con... Eh, MTK con MTK Global, eh ahora tengo el, el contacto igual con Mariana Caballero, que agradecida porque a través de ella es que es, estamos eh, estamos ahorita platicando. Ellos son los que ahorita están están viendo esa esa cuestión de que la pelea sea una revancha directa y la misma Marlene eh, quiere la pelea porque ella dice, "Yo unas contaciones, yo respeto las contaciones", pero creo que eh ella sabe que cómo se dio la pelea, sabe lo que pasó arriba del ring y pienso yo que que se que si abra una posibilidad de que pudiéramos pelear nuevamente y yo pienso también que la gente quiere volver a ver esa pelea. De, darse obviamente cambiar, cambiaría algunas, habrían algunas adecuaciones en, en mi entrenamiento, porque en esta pelea la verdad es que pues considerando que a lo mejor va a salir a boxear, no sé, pero haría unas adecuaciones para para que no, que no deje duda.
0: She says that you know she's working with MTK MTK Global and her rep through MTK Glory, which is Mariana Caballero, who actually we want to thank publicly here on the show because it was through her that we were able to secure this interview with with Yvette. She says that they are working with the WBC directly. They're trying to see if they could ask for the rematch uh, directly, and that she feels that Marlene wants the rematch as well because I don't think that she would be satisfied um, with the way that the fight was scored, and so she wants and she expects and she knows that the people also want the rematch. And one thing that she would do is kind of change her, change her train a little bit and work on a couple of strategy points because now they know how Marlena actually fights and they would work on that so that way there would be no doubt. Now my last question for her before we let her go. I know I said the last one was the last question, but this is definitely the last question. Is that if. If by any chance she cannot secure the, the, the rematch with Marlene Esparza, what is next for her? y ves? Mi última pregunta, ya sé que es tarde allá en la Ciudad de México bueno en el Estado de México eh donde te encuentras, en Toluca. ¿Estás en Toluca o en el Estado de México? Eh, eh, eh,
3: en el Estado de México, pero Toluca es la, la capital. Entonces, es mi ah, municipio.
0: Ah, ok. pero mi, Yo sé que es tarde, ¿no? Entonces, mi última pregunta ah, para okay, ti okay. es si no puedes, este si no te pueden Si por X razón no puedes asegurar la revancha directa con Marlene Esparza, ¿qué sigue para para ti ver la Roca Zamora? ¿Sigue quedarte en las 112 libras, subir en las 115? ¿Qué qué es lo que sigue para ti si por X razón no puedes asegurar la pelea contra Marlene Esparza?
3: Mira, ahorita yo mira espero que todo se dé bien y se pueda dar esa pelea. Si no, me gustaría a mí, pues obviamente eh, recuperar, O, o, o tener algún cinturón en las 112 libras si sí, de no poderse, mira, mi objetivo es subir la división, poder capturar un cuatro título en diferentes división, en peso Super Mosca, eso es lo que también tengo en mente y, y pienso yo que, que lo puedo lograr, porque trabajando fuerte eh, he visto quienes están como campeonas y pienso que que hay posibilidad de que también podamos pues, ganar un cuatro título mundial.
0: She says that she's hoping that the rematch with Marlene Esparza can be done. That is what she's really focusing on. But if not, she would look to find another world title at 112 pounds. And then from there, she would move up to 115 pounds because she is she wants to win a title in a fourth division. She sees who the world champions are at 115 pounds, and she thinks that she can take them on. Obviously, with hard work and dedication, but that is something that is one of her goals. Is to actually win a world title at 150 pounds. Wow. So with nice. that said, any other questions, David or or, um, or Loopy? No,
2: just a thousand thanks.
1: Yes, yeah, thank you. We're honored.
0: Bueno, Yvette, te quiero las muchas las muchas gracias por estar aquí con nosotros. Fue un honor. Es una es. Tú eres una de las invitadas que siempre hemos querido tener este programa. Tenemos como cuatro años. Con este programa como 113 capítulos dedicado al 100% al boxeo femenil y te queremos las gracias de todo el corazón de estar aquí con nosotros.
3: No, para mí no, no lo Los he durante eh, durante ya un tiempo y para mí lo no, honor es no estar con ustedes. Eh, afortunadamente se, se pudo hacer el, el contacto, eh, Mariana que, que nos hizo el favor de hacer el contacto eh, y bueno la verdad muchísimas gracias. Espero que les haya gustado la pelea. Y espero también pronto poder regresar nuevamente a pelear a Estados Unidos y que les sigan gustando, eh, tengo que prepararme mucho mejor y, y dar mejores peleas, pero espero que, que les haya gustado la pelea. Que gracias por el espacio, que Dios bendiga su vida para siempre. Y bueno, muchísimas gracias hermano, un fuerte abrazo allá en el estudio.
0: She says that. Thank you very much that she has been following our show for quite a while and she wants to thank us and Mariana Caballero for putting it all together. She hopes that we love we liked her fight and she hopes that um, in the near future she could fight in the United States again. And to God for God bless to every to God bless everybody listening and for everybody here and she thanks us again. For being here on the show, muchas gracias Ibet y pues estamos en contacto y que no sea la última, la primera ni la última vez que, que estés con nosotros no,
3: muchísimas gracias, y estamos a la orden, les mando un fuerte abrazo, de verdad muchísimas gracias,
0: muchas gracias, buenas noches,
3: buenas
0: noches, buenas noches. Oh. and whether you have it folks, Mrs, Ibe, la Roca Zamora uh, you know it's somebody that we have tried to get on the show Uh, in the past, but we had some issues. But now we finally got her. She's been one of my uh, personal uh, guests that I've always wanted to have, and we finally got to speak to her. And, you know, we talked about her career uh, on our last show, and really, she is one of the... You know, Laura Serrano was the first real big fighter out of Mexico. We actually had Mariana Juarez and Barbie and Jackie Nava and Ana Maria Torres. But, you know, for me, as far as resume... I don't think there's another fighter out there that has a resume that Yvette La Roca Zamora yeah. has, David.
2: No, without a doubt. I mean, the the accomplishments she's uh, been able to do, um, I mean, the places she's fought, the people she's fought, I mean, she's, that's Hall of Fame stuff. Yeah, well, and, I hope we- and
1: what she represents, it's like, you know, with her, her tribe and, and, I mean, yeah, she's fought the best.
0: And in, in, like speaking to royalty, boxing royalty, true boxing royalty. And, she, and, you know, the thing about her, she's very humble. Um, she's very humble. And and, mm-hmm. um, and she's just a warrior. I mean, to me, she's just a warrior. She just goes in there and does <laughs> her job and win or lose. She, she goes in there and mostly win, obviously, but she just goes in there and, and does her job and tries to, uh, give a good show and, and, and just win, and you know? And this last fight was a great fight. It was very close. I mean, you could give it to Marlene Esparza in a certain manner. You could give it to Ibella Roca Zamora, and hopefully she gets her, her wish and she gets the rematch because at the end of the day, if she gets the rematch, the real winners are going to be us, the fans, because we're going to see another great fight. So hopefully it does happen. Moving on to our fight chatter, it was announced not too long ago that a third season of the World Boxing Series where we've seen them do um, the cruiserweight division, we've seen them do um, the bantamweight division, we've seen them do the 140-pound division, the super lightweight division, all on the men's side of boxing, but now they have announced that for their third season, they're actually going to tackle the female super featherweight division, the 130 pounds. No word. They didn't, in in their official announcement, they didn't mention anybody who would participate um in that tournament but they are expecting six fighters and for the first round to take off um before the end of twenty twenty one. Obviously this has been a division that has been you know talked about in the last couple of years, you know with the, the with the emergence of Mikael Mayer, with uh the IB who is the WBO champion, the IBF champion Maiva Hamadouche, the WBA champion Hun Min Choi and the WBC champion Terry Harper. And in a certain sense, Eddie Hearn and the Zone have tried or at least hinted at doing their own tournament. You know, which we've seen in the past in the Bell side, like the heavyweights with Don King and, and things like that. But David, do you see do you see it being feasible that the actual WBC, the WBS, the World Boxing Series can put that together through Eddie Hearn and through top rank, and then add maybe two more fighters to that mm-hmm. and put this type of tournament together?
2: Uh, yeah, I think I think they can. Uh, it's really a, ma- a matter of money. I mean, I'm sure the zone has some amount of money put uh, put aside for their own, and maybe if the if uh, WBSS, uh, they come up with more money, I'm sure they would say yes. I think it's all a matter
0: of money. Always. Okay. Now, Loopy, let's say, let's say, I mean, Christmas wish right here in July. Well, yeah, we're in July. So you get <laughs> you get the four fighters that I just mentioned were well, the world champions in the tournament, and let's say there's a space for their slots two more slots. Who do you want to see in those two other slots?
1: Well, the most vocal, we throw in um, Alicia Bumgarner because she's really mm-hmm. vocal and she wants, you know, so we throw her in and that won't cut wow. too much. Um, who's our other? God, I'm blanking. But somebody, it has to be somebody more on that level where they can afford it. Your and,
2: body. you know, somebody who's
1: been, I mean, I mean who is Alicia really fought, but... She's been really vocal, and she thinks she could take Michaela, so throw her in the mix. And somebody else, but I'm, I'm blanking. I'm, who else can we throw in that mix?
2: Tiara Brown, David. Who?
1: Oh yeah. But does anybody really want Tiara Brown? I love Tiara Brown. She is tough. Do they really want to fight her?
2: Anybody? Because mm. Alicia, Bar- the women, so
1: they're like, yeah, wow, <laughs> we'll take Alicia. But do they want Tiara?
0: Hmm. Now, I like, I like, I hadn't thought of Alicia Baumgartner and I like, I like what you mentioned that it's going to, she's going to make it interesting because she likes to talk and, and things like that. She's very vocal on her Twitter account and things like that. But for me, skill wise and level wise and things like that, she's not at the level of the four champions that we mentioned. You know, I don't think that she's competitive at this point in her career with those four fighters that are the world champs. Okay same yes. thing with tiara, David Brown.
1: Said, tiara. yeah David said, tiara. i don't think that and Ki- go ahead
0: but let me throw this is the two that i would throw in you know money aside because we don't know how big the coffers are but let's <laughs> just say that there is enough money right because if they're throwing alexander usick and they're throwing nonito donaire and yeah. now you know it, all this money to participate on that side i'm sure with half the money that the bantamweight weight um, which is not a big a big money division, not like cruiserweight or super lightweight where Josh Taylor won it, but I'm sure with like half of the money that they spend on the Noway Inoue, Bantamweight tournament, uh, they can make this happen, right? Here's here's the, oh, one, yeah. the two. Here's the two that I would throw in. Okay. Um, Amanda Serrano. She'll Ooh, fight at yep, 130. There. Mm-hmm. And Delphine Pursue. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh,
0: that's a good one. Delphine Pursuit, I mean, come on. She's a warrior. She gave it all she could against yeah. uh, Katie Taylor, especially in that second fight. And now she has dropped down to 130 pounds. So why not? And then, so you have, you know, you have a, 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 Core- a South Korean, you have an American in Michelle you have a French woman or a European in Maiva Hamadouche, you have another European in... Um, I mean, unless we want—I mean, you have a Latin, a Hispanic one, and Amanda Serrano. I mean, really, there really isn't a very competitive Mexican at 130 pounds. I mean, you want to—really, there really isn't. You know, the one that can compete there. So we'll go with Amanda Serrano, and then we have another European, Dolphine Persona who we know is a warrior. If they could put together those six women in a tournament, I think it would be one of the most, if not the most exciting and competitive tournament that the world boxing series has had to this point oh yeah
1: and if if w if the world boxing if they do it like they would do it with but would eddie hearn does eddie hearn i could see him bringing in alicia Bumgarner, but does he want to bring in um amanda Serrano? he might i mean does he want to really want to bring those tough girls in to go against his girl
0: yeah but i mean imagine david and, and you can agree with this let me know if you don't. But imagine if, like, let's say at the end of the day, the one that gets raised, their hand raised, right, mm-hmm. and gets all the titles, and at one point or the other beat Amanda Serrano or beat Michael Mayer or beat Delphine Carson to get all those world titles. Is Terry Harper, you know, in benefit of Eddie Hearn, she'll be one of the biggest names in female boxing uh, in in the last 10 or 15 years, beating all those fighters to get the world title.
2: Yeah, it would be an accomplishment.
0: Yeah. I mean, she, you wouldn't be able to deny her. So, I mean, that's my wishful thinking. And let's see what happens, you know. Let's see what happens. And let's see who they end up putting together. But, David, if they don't at least get one, if not two of the current world champions right now, we will still see it. But I don't think it's going to have the same pedigree to to name it something than like the 140-pound or the cruiserweight or even the 118-pound tournaments that they had on the male side because the winner of the 140-pound tournament over there was Josh Taylor, who is now the undisputed 140-pound champion. The winner of the 118-pound is Naoya Noe, who is considered one of the top three pound-for-pound fighters in the world. And the winner of of the cruiserweight one is Oleksandr Usyk, who was undisputed at that point and then the other guy kind of lost the kind of lost the the luster was mary's Breeders, who won the second one the second tournament that they did at cruiserweight so if you don't get at least two of the champions if not one of the champions and then the other fighters are of the likes of no offense but i don't think they're at that level yet tiara brown or alicia Baumgartner or another fighter of that ilk is not gonna have the same pedigree that those other male sides tournaments had do you agree or disagree David
2: oh yeah I agree but my uh, the reason I mentioned them is because I know they can get those fighters involved it's the other ones that I don't think they can get
0: involved the
2: champions, because they seem mm-hmm. to be all tied up
0: yeah mm-hmm. well then the, the, that's the thing is that they have to get Eddie Hearn involved you know you could have Mikaela Amir yeah. there but if Mikael Baylor fights Alicia Baumgarten fights Tierra Brown and fights other women in that category, really, there's really, I mean, what are we going to get? But if we get the three involved that Eddie Hearn has, and maybe Mayer doesn't go in, then that means something because now we have three world champions at one point or another potentially fighting each other. So mm-hmm. I think that the, the WBS has to call Eddie Hearn and try to figure something out. Now we get all four of them That's that's off the charts. So we'll see if that ends up happening. Now, piggybacking on that news, after her win over former champion Farias, Mayer stated on her social media that a deal has been finalized for a unification fight with the IBF world champion Maiba Hamadouche of France. No word when the fight would happen. That's not something that she shared. And the question for Lupe is, and I don't know, maybe she is, maybe she's not, is she still pursuing the Olympic birth, or did that go out the wayside? Did she lose?
1: Oh, is that Maiva? I Yeah, Maiva. Yeah. God, I think she's... She had one last chance in France. Is that over? If she didn't... I think she might be out. And No, she is out, because Hammer's still in for some reason.
0: Oh, oh Christina Hammer's still in. So, David, how do you take this news with Mayor announcing this, and do you think it's part of this WBS or do you think it's something separate?
2: I think it's something separate. Mm. I do. Hey, I'm, um, I'm not, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go
1: ahead.
2: Uh, I know that Havaduce is connected with the zone, so maybe it's the zone. I don't know.
0: But well, she is connected to, to Eddie Hearn as well.
2: Yeah, so they would still have to, and it's the zone money. So they would still have to haggle over who does the show. Is it ESPN or is it DeZone?
1: Huh. Hey, did you guys see about two hours ago it was out that um, Itaka Matisse is going to fight uh, Humeen Choi August 28th in South Korea? Did we have that? Sorry, did you have that up? Did I?
0: Look no, I down? didn't
1: see that. I hadn't seen that yet. I just saw that on um de Argentina. Yeah, so August
0: twenty eighth, South Korea, Itaca Matisse. I never hmm. heard of, of Matisse, but that's not the other Solitude Matis, right? That's a different Matisse? No, it is Solitude Itaca
1: Matisse, It is. I'm gonna send this to
0: you. Oh, okay. Huh. Well, we'll see if that we'll see when when that gets a little bit more announced, and, and maybe we get a bigger announcement on that one. Um. Now moving on to our upcoming calendar. Our next show is scheduled for July fifteenth, but we do have this Saturday on July third. I don't know if we're gonna get a uh, I don't know if we're gonna get a uh a, a, a feed over here in uh in the United States. Oh, they just uh, I you just sent me the picture you just sent me the announcement. But yeah, they just they just yeah. took they took um, they just uh translated her name. Her name Soledad means solitude in Spanish, so that's what they did. Okay. uh the former champion made official on her social media her next commitment august 28th in south korea yeah wba so it looks like she is going to be fighting human Choi. she's the um, one she's a veteran she's the 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 sister of lucas matisse and she fought long time ago she fought jackie nava here in tijuana she's a tough fighter so we'll see how she does there um so Tomorrow, no, I'm sorry, on Saturday, the Persoon will go against Elena Gradinar in a 10-rounder for the vacant IBO Intercontinental Super Featherweight title. And from the Dignity Health Sports Park in L.A., Gabriela Fundora will take on Indeya Smith in a 4-rounder at 112 pounds. On Saturday, July 4th, in Argentina, Evelyn Bermudez defends her 108-pound IBF title against Tamara Elizabeth DeMarco and her sister, Roxana Bermudez, um, who is also a light flyweight, takes on Jennifer Sabrina Mesa. And the, actually, the fight that we have we are been waiting for since they were announced on Friday, July 9th, is from L.A. Now, on F, on Facebook Live, they just made this um, announcement not too long ago. Not everything's going to be on the zone. The Naoko Fuyoka against Zulem Urbina fight for the WBO 112-pound title is going to be broadcast on Facebook Live. And mm-hmm. the seniesa Estrada against the Tsunami Tenke for the 108-pound WBO title is going to be on the zone. So the fights actually start at 12.15 p.m. Pacific yeah. Standard Time on Facebook Live. Now, where does the Urbina against Naoko Fuyoka fall in that schedule? Probably closer to the end of that broadcast, being that it's a world title fight. And then at mm-hmm. 6 p.m. Pacific Time is when the... Um, the the zone broadcast starts, and that somewhere in there, Senesi Estrada is going to be taking on Tsunami 10K for the WBO 108 pound title. So you got to be alert because it's not going to be in the zone. If you wait after 6 p.m. expecting to see uh, Fuyoka and Urbina and Tenkay and Senese Estrada, you're only going to watch one fight. So you got to be on the lookout for that Fuyoka Urbina fight, which is going to be a very, very good fight. Uh, any closing arguments, David? Before we go.
2: Uh no, just uh, crossing her fingers hoping everybody passes the COVID test because uh that's always there. It's always lingering in mm-hmm. the air. Yeah. We sure. saw a lopez get uh, sidetracked because of it. And people think it's it's over but it's not. Yeah. Fingers. yeah. Anything anything right. to add,
0: No, nothing
1: to add. Actually, I was just looking at that Gabriela Fandora and the India Smith this weekend. And
0: that India, she just fought last weekend. So she's on the roll. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, We want to thank Ibella Roca Zamora once again for being on the show with us. Our next show is scheduled for July 15th. Don't miss those fights between Fuyoka and Urbina and Tenkins. It's going to be some barn burners, and we'll see you here again on the two-minute round on July 15th. Good night, everybody.